0: Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find. I'm a self improvement junkie, certified professional coach, podcast host, and public speaker. And I'm a wife and mom of four teenagers. I'm an expert at helping people use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. How do I do this? By helping you realize your gifts and use them as your superpowers. I love challenging people to think differently see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week I'll share my voice or bring forward another rare, fine voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with major life transitions such as getting married, getting divorced, changing jobs, or having kids. This podcast is for you if you want to be more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, and get out of your own way. If you're ready to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening, because you are a rare find. So let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Uh, We've got another great episode today of Rare Find Voices. I'm really excited to welcome a friend of mine and an amazing leader in our community, I'm speaking today with Brett Schanzenbach. He is the CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. He's a native of California and a resident of San Diego's North County since 1971. Prior to taking the position here in Carlsbad, he served as the CEO of the Vista Chamber of Commerce back in 2019, or sorry, 2009. 2019 is when he started with the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. His corporate background before the chamber was in residential real estate and the software industry. In 1992, he helped start Technical Difference Incorporated, which is a human resources software company in Bonsall, California. Before venturing into the corporate world, he spent seven years as a youth minister. He graduated from the Franciscan University of Steubenville in Steubenville, Ohio, I hope I got that correct, earning a BA in psychology. He earned a master's in theological studies from the University of Dallas. He and his wife, Jolene, reside in Vista, California with their six children, and they're active members of St. Thomas More Church in Oceanside. Welcome to the show, Brett.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for that uh, introduction and for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Thank you, and you gave me some really good tongue twisters, so I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) Yes, just my last name to start with, right?
0: I know, I know. I had to practice it a few times, but um, but no, I'm really excited, and thank you for being on the show because I recently became a member of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and that was something I was really looking forward to. But I will tell you, I was so impressed when you know you personally showed up to you know all of these virtual calls the new member orientation and just really made it feel so welcoming and so again like a personal connection to the members so i just want to put that out there i so appreciate that about you
1: well thank you thank you for saying that and sharing that um yes we do want to make each member feel a personal connection to us we do really feel like it's a family it's not just some kind of quote-unquote organization um, and we le- and the more we get to know our individual members, the better we can serve them. And so um, I'm glad you felt that kind of uh, connection in in your whole onboarding experience with us and we want to we want to continue that relational experience um, for years to come.
0: Yeah no it really was it was really definitely stood out to me and um, and that's super important to me but It's not about me. This is about (laughs) this is about you. Um, But I was really excited and really intrigued to have you on the show because I feel like you've got this like really unique background that you know sometimes we don't get to know people on a more personal level and understand what it is that drives them to do what they're doing. So that's the whole reason why I even have this show. So Brett, can you share a little bit about your background and what led you to now doing what you're doing here with the Chamber of Commerce?
1: Sure. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in following your passions and, and doing what you know, interests you. Um, when I was uh, in undergrad, uh, I went into psychology because um, I was convinced that I was going to become a marriage and family counselor and I was going to save the world from divorce. I was just going to be able to fix that whole thing. And, you know, after I graduated with my degree in psychology, I think I went to one interview in the counseling world, so to speak. And after the interview, I realized either they're crazy or it's me. So it can't be me. It must be them. And I quickly pivoted into business um, and uh, got involved in sales. Um, I did end up uh, following another passion and went into youth ministry for several years, which was fun. And. And was very um, just a great experience and loved it but as my family grew and uh, the ability to support them wasn't growing commensurate to their growth um, I ended up going back to business and into sales and and uh, you know like a lot of people in sales started in retail but then quickly got into computer software which I enjoyed and then I got to follow another passion, which was to um, start a company, um, and uh, I was brought up with a bit of an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit in my household, and uh, so I was fortunate enough to start a, a software company with a, a friend of mine, which had a pretty good run, and, and I was part of it for about seven or eight years. Um, But then the entrepreneurial bug hit me again. And I decided to go off independently and and transition into real estate. Um, And did that for seven or eight years. Um, Found out I didn't really like real estate. Um, You know, I think that's part of life, right? Sometimes we find paths that we think we're going to enjoy. And it turns out we don't. And that's okay. Um, But what I loved about in the big picture, real estate is what led me to my connection with the chamber and as I was involved in um, as a realtor, I got connected to, became a member, and got very active in my local chamber and through that became much more aware of what a chamber is and does, and which led me to what i'm doing now so um, even though that wasn't the most fun time uh it wasn't a lot of fun being a realtor in 2008 in 2009 Mm. when the market had crashed and everything was short sales and people were losing their homes and uh that was you know that was rough and uh but that that's what led to my that was a pivotal moment for me and in a in a moment where i transitioned careers you know again um you know, it's funny because we look at our grandparents who I know my grandfather was in banking for like 35 or 40 years, like basically his whole life, and then you know, do the whole retirement thing and you get a, a fancy watch and a pension or whatever. And but I watched my dad kind of jump from thing to thing to thing and you know, um, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, but I'm having a lot of fun getting there.
0: I love that. And that's so true because, you know, I think back to, you know, you you have these ideas as a kid, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? I think mine was marine biology. Everybody wanted to Mm -hmm. train dolphins, right? Yes. (laughs) And then, you know, like you said, you go to college and maybe you study something at, at that moment in time, you are interested and you see a path forward. For me, it was apparel merchandising and costume construction technology. Those are my degrees. Wow. And I started out as a freelance wardrobe stylist working in entertainment business. And now doing what I'm doing, it's like, you connect the dots, but there's been a lot of stuff in between. Absolutely. Like you were sharing, you kind of pivot and then you learn and you Mm -hmm. take that opportunity to reflect and say, well, is this, is this really what I want? And maybe it wasn't, maybe it isn't right. Like you said with real estate, but what you extracted from that experience, you were able to say, okay, well, let's let's now weed this out. These are the things that I don't want, but I'm going to pull this forward and say, this is what I love. This is the passion. This is the gift or the skill or whatever it is. And I like to talk about the fact that there's skills and talents and understandings we have about ourselves that when you draw those forward and you then share them with other people to make an impact, that's a gift because a gift is meant to be shared. Yes. And so you were able to do that. And, and I can imagine, but I'm curious for your thoughts, like when you're able to put aside the whole idea of like failure or it was a mistake or whatever, it's it's then you're giving yourself that confidence to, move, to use it powerfully, right? So you talked about a defining moment or a pivotal moment when you were able to kind of go like, oh, that's a little bit more of what I want and how you want to share that. Can you describe like, what the gift was that kind of really rose to the top that you're like, I have to share this and I know I can make an impact and I'm going to proceed, you know, on this new path.
1: Sure. So um, that was a, that was a challenge. Um, that whole sentiment that you just brought up, because when you go into business, you know, for yourself, when I started the software company, it was, um, it was another gentleman and myself, it was just two of us, but it was, it was technically his company. So we were, together launching his company but when I went into real estate it was really that was me right you're completely independent Um, and uh, so pivoting out of that I did have to I did have to let go of that sense of that somehow this was a failure by by leaving it and at first that was a struggle Um, I don't I don't like that sense of failing so to speak but um, and and there there were um you know it was a financial struggle as well so there was that that part of it was in there but one of the things that was really helpful for me and i think a lot of people have these experiences and hopefully we can all be an experience to somebody else in this way but um you know somebody actually came to me and suggested something that i hadn't thought well in all honesty i had thought of it but i i I didn't dare to bring it to the forefront until somebody else mentioned it. And so what had happened, I was very active in the Vista Chamber of Commerce. I was, I was on a particular committee Then I got invited to be on the board of directors. And I was actually the chairman of the board when the CEO of that organization decided, he and his wife were both from the Midwest and they decided they were going to move back and um, move back to the Midwest and kind of get it. It was like a pre-retirement move for them. And he came to me and he said, hey, have you ever thought of, you know, and he didn't necessarily know what was going on in the background for me in terms of not really enjoying what I was doing in real estate anymore. There was the financial struggle in the real estate at the time. Um, but he said, have you ever thought of, you know, running a chain? I think you'd be great. You know, and of course I hadn't run an organization like that before. And um, so, but just him Taking the time to open that door um, made a big impression on me, and so I started to explore it more and um, you know then ultimately went ahead and threw my hat in the ring to to try and and uh, potentially be that new leader for the organization and absolutely fell in love with the chamber world and and the role the chamber uh, can play in a community, and the dynamic role of the leader of those organizations as well. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, I've had some opportunities to be honest to go other places since entering the chamber world, and it's been very hard for me to leave because I'm I really passionately believe in such a pot what the positive impact and role of a chamber can be in a community. So. So I'm super excited that I'm still in it and here in Carlsbad, uh, which is a a bit of a a bigger opportunity than I was in my previous chamber. So I'm, I'm loving it.
0: That's so cool how you just described, you know, that, like you said, that, that defining experience and what you, you know, what you said, what I was listening to when you were telling that story is how you were not necessarily looking for something different, but you allowed yourself to be open to this input that came from somewhere else. And a lot of times there is an outside influence or an outside, you know, like something that kind of opens the door to an idea of what's possible. But the but the truth is that until you're at a place where you can actually be open enough, like from, a, um, like energetically, right? To say, I am curious and I am open and I'm not afraid of something maybe being different or changing, then... A lot of times we will almost like push away those ideas or those opportunities because we're we're putting ourselves in a place of like negative mindset right where we don't think that anything else is possible maybe we're feeling like it's a failure or feeling like you know the doors are closing instead of opening and so what you said was really powerful because you knew that you were open enough to hear from this friend and maybe this idea kind of was that spark it ignited a new idea and when your mindset was kind of in that positive place of opportunity or, you know, the question more of like, well, what's possible, then you were able to continue moving that forward, even if you didn't even know what it might be.
1: Yeah, and he I respected him. So, you know, for him to, you know, suggest that he thought I could be, you know, somebody that could do this role that that made an impression upon me and, um, you know, um, you're right though you have to be open and and willing to even receive that in the first place uh and uh and you know it was it was probably a, a divinely set up uh situation because you know i was at a, a a challenging point in what i was doing and so when that um suggestion or when he opened that that uh, bit of dialogue up um I think I was ready to to possibly explore it and man am I glad I did
0: yeah and and also you said it came from a person that you you know that you respected that you trusted yes right so that also creates a little bit more of you know the idea that hey maybe this is worth considering versus some you know maybe somebody that you didn't trust or think you know should have an influence in your life and I mean my business or at least the name for my business but really the ultimate reason why i started to do coaching was because somebody that i really respected um said some things about me that i didn't even know kind of existed in that way he really brought forward the gifts that you know he could see that maybe i i knew were there but i wasn't willing to kind of put them out there yes. and he put them out there publicly and kind of like put the stake in the ground and said you know this is what i was good at and he called me a rare find and and it was literally I still get like goosebumps because it made me feel so special and it gave me the understanding that that's what I wanted other people to feel I wanted them to feel like that as a person in their relationships in their businesses like or in their careers like whatever it was that they felt like they were a rare find and then could have that impact to you know do great things in the world and but that kind of came to me in a very unexpected way and so You know, I I appreciate the fact that that you like really took that step and that you were open to hearing and seeing something from a new lens. But I'm curious because you obviously interact with a ton of businesses. I mean, you know, the business of the chamber is to support businesses, right? Yes. And business owners. And so, you know, have you had the experience where you were able to even share that kind of understanding or I would say even compassion? For a struggling business owner to be like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but to use that opportunity now as a leader in the chamber to really connect with other business owners using that gift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think you know, if I'm going to go back to what you you started with, with your experience with um, you know joining our chamber and, and us getting to know you, that's really our goal for all of our members is is to get to know them and get to know them, their business, their market, who they're trying to reach, who, who can be a strategic partner for them, you know, what's an ideal prospect. And as we get to know them, um, then we love doing what we call net weaving, which, you know, is really weaving together uh, connections for them to help support their business, to help build referral channels, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, we have members that range in size, right? Um, And this is true of any chamber, from a home-based business that is very small and independent and, you know, well, I'm not even gonna say what they could be, you know, there's a million things they could do as a home-based business, all the way up to these major corporations that have their, you know, international headquarters in our community. And the needs or the interests of all those businesses are different some on the very big corporate side or they're a member of the chamber because it's the right thing to do and they're supporting the community which is great we love that but um you know our goal is to is to meet our members where they're at whatever that case may be and that's a challenge but it also brings the diversity to what i do on a daily basis which i thoroughly enjoy the diversity of it and no days like another um but uh but yeah that's Absolutely. Um, I love, you know, right now, obviously, um, we're still under kind of a COVID lockdown, but, um, when we're not in this mode, I love getting together, just having coffee with a member and sitting down for a half an hour and getting to know them better, you know, separate from my staff who's also meeting with members and getting to know them. I just, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And, and, uh, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you get to act in a quasi-mentor role. Sometimes you're just a connector. Sometimes you're just filing things away for future to make connections. But um, whatever it is, um, I, I enjoy people. I love their stories, you know, kind of like you get to do here with your podcast. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great.
0: That's so cool, too. I, and, um, you know, I was thinking, first of all, you gave me an awesome new word, net weaving. So... I'm completely stealing
1: that. (laughs) Um, All (laughs) yours.
0: But no, but I I mean, it gave me this visual of like, you know, again, fabric, right? So like weaving together this fabric, which a community really should feel like it's the fabric, right? That you're a part of that. Um, And then the other thing that you were talking about was like, you know, meeting members where they're at and really removing the judgment or the idea that it just because you're a bigger company that you should be, you know, quote, more successful. Um, Like, I feel like it's giving this... um, ability to what's the word i'm looking for calibrate mm-hmm. um businesses and say like a struggle is a struggle a challenge is a challenge whether you're you know major corporation or sing, you know solopreneur at home when you hit a challenge it can still obstruct progress yeah, in the yeah. same way it's just relative to you know like the intensity is almost like the same but it's just a different scale of business and so Um, I really appreciate the fact that that's your approach because at the end of the day, like the chamber is a guide and a navigator and a support in a similar way that like I provide for my clients is that it's, it's, you know, I'm not judging whether what they're doing is good or bad or right or wrong. It's just, is it serving them? And if they, and if it's not, what do they need?
1: Right. What do they need
0: from me? And so that's why maybe that's why I connected so well with, you know, with you and with the chamber in general, because I felt that same um, kind of connection and, and value and foundation to the kind of work that you're doing the way that I show up, you know, for my business. Yeah. yeah. And one of the, one
1: things of the things things fun things for me, me, the chamber world, um, it, uh, um, cause we love the businesses, but it's, it's so much broader than just the business community. And a lot of people think, you know, like, Oh, okay you know, you take care of business because you're with the chamber, but we kind of act as a, as a community hub. Mm -hmm. And this is what really gets me passionate and fired up in the morning. And yes, we interact with the businesses. Absolutely. But we also interact with local government, public safety, education, and also the nonprofit community. And they kind of all come together in and through us. And then our goal is to go back out and make an impact in all of them. So, um, you know, That's a big goal, um, but, um, you know, that's exciting to be able to make an impact in the overall quality of life, um, you know, in a community. And, you know, there was a time um, when the mindset in economic development was all about, oh, you have to go and attract the biggest companies, you know, to your community because then they'll bring good jobs and that'll be good for the community. And about two years ago, we saw this massive effort across the country of everybody trying to woo, uh, I think it was Amazon was going to do a, a, a new headquarters and, you know, oh, we want them here and 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 roll out the red carpet and everything. And I get that. That's still, you know, everybody would be happy if you got a big company to come in. But what's what's so fun and interesting to me is that, there's been a shift and i to be honest i think the coronavirus and the covid-19 experience is going to make this shift even more pronounced and that is with um remote working um you know and and telecommuting and all that kind of stuff people don't have to worry so much about where the job is they can go live wherever they want and bring the job with them you know and probably anybody listening to this podcast can think of a person or two or more that they know who might've left our area, but they took their job with them and they went to maybe a more affordable place to live or something else. And so, so what we look at as the chamber is we have to make the best place for people to desire and want to be and exist. You know, it's not just about business. It's about the whole quality of life in our community, because if they like being here, they'll bring the work with them. And so that's, that's a huge task and goal to make a phenomenal place to be, exist, live, work, play, all that stuff, but that's what's fun
0: that's and that's honestly so important because if it's not fun, then the likelihood of it not working is pretty high yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. Um, for for everybody, right and so you know I appreciate the fact that you know you brought forward this idea of mindset, which is a huge topic in general and, and Um, but like you talked about, it's not just also the mindset of the businesses, but the people that comprise of that. Right. So if you're really bringing it down to people and, you know, I, I always talk about in careers and, and, you know, developing a career, people aren't attracted to a a business. They're attracted to people. They will either take a job or leave a job based on people, you know, most of the time, maybe not all the time. Um. And so the chamber, and this is something I'm also learning, I feel like I'm debunking some of the myths that maybe I didn't quite understand as enough about the chamber, was it's not also just about the business and the business owners, but how the community, when there's a need for somebody in the community that needs a resource, they come to the chamber. Yes, now, and it's like, I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't put that all like two and two together. And so you know, it really helped me feel like. Gosh, I feel so supported as a business owner, but also as a person. I live here in Carlsbad, knowing that when I get stuck, you know, maybe I need a resource that I didn't. I don't know where to go, but the first place I do want to go is to the chamber and just to ask that question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we love playing that role of a resource. Sometimes it's actually humorous. We we uh, at times can work act as almost like a a four one one service. I mean, it's it's right. so bizarre the number of things that we get called for, you know, by the public, but we love serving that role of being an information, a source of information and being a connector. But uh, so, some of the stories, you know, if we had another 45 minutes, I, you, you would just laugh at some of the questions and some of the things we get called about. Um, and and I, I'm not going to say that a, a portion of the time the answer just comes from us getting on Google and telling it to them. I'm not going to say that, but uh, that could be true. Um, but But we really do love being that hub and that source, that trusted source of information. And um, whether it's a a community member or a business who needs a resource or an idea. um, And so, yeah, it's it's a great role to be in the community and we, we take it very seriously.
0: Yeah. Well, and trust and credibility is super important. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. You could get online and, you know, and Google search, whatever it is that you're looking for, but usually you're going to want to ask somebody, like a friend or somebody that you trust. And so it's really cool that the chamber is like on that list. You know, I mean, I get that all the time. My kids know where things are in the house, but they're instead of trying to find it themselves, they're gonna to come to me and say, Mom, where's this? And it's literally like I can just say third shelf, in the back, on the right, you know, behind the peanut butter, whatever.
1: <laughs> You're the shortcut. You're the shortcut to where the info is.
0: The chamber is the shortcut, right? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, want I wanna I, I love stories and so I wanted to ask you if you could think of, because we're talking about mindset. And so a lot of the work that I like to do around mindset is just kind of understanding when you look at something, you're, you're looking at it um, either through, you know, a lens that has like blinders where it's going to, um, Narrow your view, right? Like, like you put blinders on, and it's like a tunnel vision, and that can be really hard to see. That's when we're looking at something with what's called more uh, catabolic energy, a negative energy, and we just can't see beyond it. There's fear, there's hopelessness, or what have you. And then when you're able to understand that, and maybe look at it through this lens of you know more anabolic energy, where you can look up and see things. It's lighter, it's brighter, it's more possibilities. You look at like a, through a prism, right? Where it expands. Mm-hmm. So understanding those things and knowing that just experiences sometimes will shift our mindset in either direction. Yep. Do you have an experience that you can think of where maybe your mindset was more, you know, negative or, or narrow in view, and you were able to shift that to a more positive or open mindset that got you somewhere that you really wanted to go
1: sure um let's take an example from um the pandemic that has just hit and yeah so as a as an organization as a chamber of commerce um our revenue comes from a couple of sources our our members who pay dues to be part of our organization our um our advertisements that um go for our publications and then the events that we put on Well, we put on um, a lot of events that are large gatherings. And so with this whole shift from COVID-19, large gatherings are not something that can happen right now. So that's a struggle because of the amount of revenue that we generate on these events that we rely upon to pay our bills and stay open and et cetera. So we had a big event literally that was one week away from happening we had 350 people that were going to be in attendance for an award a business awards luncheon and one week before the luncheon everything happened COVID, you know we were watching on a day-to-day basis it was like you know oh the state says no gatherings of a thousand or more people oh no gatherings of 500 or more people and then it went down to 250 people and we were like, okay, we can still, we can limit our event. We can limit to 250 people. And then it came down to no gatherings of 50 or more people. And we're like, oh, we're out, you know, forget it. We can't do it. And then it's of course the stay at home order. But at first, you know, it was, um, the, the knee jerk reaction was, oh my goodness, we're in big trouble. You know, like, what are we going to do? Oh, well, we can just postpone the event because we're going to obviously all be back to normal in a couple weeks. Right. Well, after um, a couple of weeks passes and you realize we're actually not coming back to what we experienced, what we considered normal like in 2019 isn't really going to come back in 2020 at all. So we had to pivot our mindset altogether. And, but we resisted our, and then the first temptation was in recreating that event because we needed to have the event. The first temptation was, well, let's create an online, like a Zoom event that is basically the same thing as what the in-person event was. And we realized, why? Why do it that way? Why not why not look at the situation and look for ways to change it up, make it different, and even make it better? Under these lemons that we've been handed, let's make lemonade. So. As we pivoted to a online event, we decided instead of a one day luncheon, um, let's make it a four day event. It's gonna be online, we're gonna go from noon to, what was it, noon to one. We did for four consecutive days and each day we picked a different theme and we purposely went out and solicited and got a bunch of positive messaging from from like kind of quasi local celebrities or you know those kinds of folks that we incorporated each day and and fit with our theme and so we just like just throw out what had been scheduled and look at what's possible now and we came up with this awesome you know new experience completely out of the box and it went really well we ended up um, outperforming what we had budgeted for the event and. Um, and it was just a, it was a great experience.
0: I love that. And I remember seeing all the posts, I was just fairly new to the chamber at that time. And, um, you know, obviously not even having an understanding of what it could have been before, but just seeing what it actually was, you know, it, it did look fun and, you know, engaging and all of the things like if you're looking at, well, what do you ultimately want at the end of the day, you want people to feel valued, you want to, you know, give it the opportunity it has to showcase people in their work and, make it fun, then it sounds like you were able to achieve that.
1: Yeah, we were, and we were really happy with the results, and, and we're continuing to do that same, you know, um, mindset in terms of the events coming up that, you know, we're looking at them, we're looking at the health orders, we're looking at the horizon with uh, the pandemic and how things are changing, and evolving, and trying to decide, you know, okay, at what point yeah, you would still like to have. We have a big luncheon at the end of August that would last year was over 500 people. We'd love to have that event because it's like the biggest, you know, conglomeration of, in of, biggest convening of leaders across all different areas of our community. And it's a great event, but that's probably not going to happen this year. And so we're in that same mode right now like all right what is possible what could we do how could we make this something dynamic and we had the same thing you know we have various committees at the chamber and uh um when the virus first hit and we couldn't meet in person for our committee meetings you know there's an immediate pullback of like you feel a, a loss like oh goodness you know we can't get together and but um one of our committees, it's called our Government Affairs Committee, and and normally when we're able to meet together and, and come together, we're happy, we're blessed to have um, like a representative from each of our levels of government that kind of comes. So you have from our congressman, one of his staff members come, and from our state assembly person, one of her staff members comes, etc, etc, etc. Well, we immediately realized we weren't the only ones stuck at home, all these elected officials, they also, they can't be in Sacramento. They can't be in Washington, D.C. like they normally are. So why not see if we could get them on the same Zoom meeting that we were all going to have to be on. And sure enough, I mean, we were able to get, we had the best meetings we've ever had because we just thought, hey, this is a whole new paradigm. Let's just see. We don't, you know, we don't have to just get, A staff member from their office. Let's get them and themselves and come out and share what's going on from their vantage point. So we constantly are trying to look at things right now as well, what's the opportunity? We know the obstacle from what we used to do, but what's the opportunity embedded in it?
0: Yeah. And that is what creates that new vision. And and like you said, it's it's more about what, it, what you can do, not what you have to do because of force or because of change or, you know, and, and you go through those stages, right? When the pandemic hit, I think everybody experienced it in a similar fashion of like, first of all, fear, you know, definitely, you know, sadness, frustration, you know, there's all these different emotions that go along with it. And, you know, and some of it just took a little time to kind of almost like realize and come to terms with the fact that, Things weren't going to just kind of flip, you know, flip up a switch, go back to what we hoped they would be. And so without removing the, the idea that, you know, what we want isn't possible, it just is going to look different. And I love this idea of, um, I call it the new optimal. You know, it's not a new normal because it doesn't exist anymore. Yes. And so instead of trying to create what it was, what's the new optimal that you want yeah. that's going to keep you moving forward? and still allow you to understand that, yup, there's gonna be stuff that gets in the way. Yup, there's probably gonna be stuff that you don't really love, but if you can look at it differently and say, what is it that I want to do, instead of letting it hold you back, it's just gonna kinda keep those ideas turning and a collective group of people around you that are in that same mindset, right? Because it works both ways. If you've got a whole group of people around you that are just like, this sucks, I'm not happy, I want it back the way it was, then it's gonna hold the entire group or progress of the business back. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear that the, the chamber is doing the same kind of work that we're also suggesting to businesses and business owners and the community to say, yes, we acknowledge the fact that this is not ideal, but let's create it in a way that's still gonna get you what you want. Still a lot of unknowns out there. We don't know when things will change, so let's not just sit back and wait and hope and be frustrated. Let's kind of keep the things moving forward. And ultimately, we're going to get what we want. It just might look a little different.
1: Yeah. And now you've given me a new word, the new optimal. I love that because I hate, to be honest, I hate the new normal because I, I don't buy that. Um, I'm sure there will be some parts of what we're experiencing right now that endure. And that's okay. I can, I can handle that. But I do not buy into that this is somehow normal and will be enduring. But I love your concept of the new optimal. And I agree with what you just said about, you know, you have to get that mindset with all your team that are surrounding you, whether that be actual staff members, employees, you know, leaders, or just people that you trust and that you bounce things off of if you're a solopreneur um, or like a coach. Um, I mean, you need, you need people who have that optimal um, idea because you can't get trapped. So we've seen with businesses, um, there was um, a couple of very common knee-jerk reactions when corona hit and and the stay-at-home order came in place and uh for those that were like say smaller retail boutique retail smaller restaurants who maybe never really got um you know a strong e-commerce presence going and that wasn't part of their model or whatever so there was an immediate reaction to you know i have to get an ability to place orders on my website And that's an understandable reaction. The other knee-jerk reaction was I need money. And then, of course, you know, we were trying to help people navigate those waters a lot as well. And that's another understandable reaction. But neither one of those are going to help the businesses make it into 2021 by themselves or even in the combination because they really have to be thinking strategically. So if, if I'm a small boutique retail of some sort or any any type of brick and mortar that had been somewhat successful up to now. What was my special sauce that made me successful up to now? And do I need to recreate that in some kind of online world? Just having a place where people can click and put a shopping cart is not the same as whatever made you special enough to bring customers into your doors all these years. And if I'm reopened now, how am I going to instill confidence in the consumer to come back and, and, and come that I'm safe. I'm here, you know, and I have everything that you're looking for. So um, whatever the, the temporary f- shape of, of uh, existence is, it has to be thought out strategically and, and thought of what is possible for me to create rather than just saying, okay, I got a loan and I'm open again. That yep. is just not going to get you to 2021, and and you know, or that's not going to get you to when the uh, vaccine is out there, and maybe we get back to what we experienced as normal in 2019 again. So that's yeah. part of the what we try to do at the chamber is to help people think, you know, think beyond just um, you know their knee jerk reaction.
0: Yeah, or that, or like you said, the quick fix. It's a band aid solution, and maybe you know, and and maybe again, it might have just been like step one like do this so that we can kind of put the, um, you know, the, the finger in the dam right before things get too out of control. But you're right. The number one thing I've been doing right now in my work with, with business owners, especially small business owners is completely rethinking, reimagining the strategic direction, because if, if they're in their brain, the marketing, the new marketing approach or new, you know, sales and distribution is the solution. It's, it's so short-lived and ultimately it's going to probably fall apart at like a layer cake, right? You don't have anything in the middle. You went straight to that marketing solution, which ultimately if that middle part is not reoriented and restructured for this new optimal, for whatever your business might look like now, maybe there's even new customer base. We go back to that square one of strategic direction, redo the vision, redo the three-year plan, redo your financials you know yeah. all the way through and it might even be redoing your your org chart you know so there's so many pieces there and that's why i love what i do and it's crazy like even right now it's almost the most exciting time for me as a business coach to say let's get to work because you might have a little bit more time on your hands cool and you might be even more inspired because there's growth in this gap there's you know opportunity and ideas in this pause and breath that people have taken to now look up from their business and say what do I want to do differently? It's actually really exciting. So I I appreciate that.
1: I agree with that too. Um, I mean, I think when you, um, when you have to take these um, forced pauses, it does, it does cause you to look at things and go, was that really necessary? Like where, where are more efficiencies that, you know, maybe we've gotten lazy and just, you know, gotten accustomed to doing it this way, but is that really the best for our organization and our company? And we're, we're looking at all those internally as a chain, as a, as a company ourselves, because we have to survive as a business as well. And so I agree with you. Those are great opportunities to take advantage of. And And just listening to you speak, I know you you don't want me to make this about you, but I'm just listening to you speak. I'm really happy you're going to be presenting at one of our workshops in, I think, uh, August, I believe. You're going to be our first Friday breakfast speaker. And that kind of thought process that you just walked people through on this podcast is what we like to bring to our programming. And so you're going to be there sharing in August. So all of you listening who are not you know, tuned into the regular programming at the chamber, I think you should all participate in our August first Friday breakfast and, and hear Robin share.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. No. And, and, and honestly, it's just, it's exciting to kind of put those ideas out there. And then I get reignited when I see it coming to life and, you know, change is not easy. You know, it's just, we're not, as humans, we're just not built to want to change you know it's not in our like our dna really and so to just be able to say and give ourselves a little bit of you know grace and say it's okay and remove the fear piece can still have you know maybe a little bit of worry about it but at the end of the day you got to just keep going right to not put ourselves in a place of stagnancy or resistance from fear and so i'm really excited about the things that I've seen evolve and change and the growth that business owners are, you know, kind of putting out there for their employees, new opportunities. You just don't know sometimes if things don't change. You know, I've been through two layoffs in my lifetime, like major career changes. I would not be doing what I'm doing now had it not been for those changes, both of which were totally unexpected. (laughs) And so, um, but I appreciate that. I want to ask you, um, do you have anything that you use as a guiding mantra or quote or something that helps you stay motivated and consistently working towards what you desire?
1: You know, when I was young and in um, sales, um, I was really drawn to Zig Ziglar. And, you know, he was kind of a classic, a, a master of sales, but he had this one phrase that has really stuck with me and, and still is Super applicable in what we do now at the chamber, but he said, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. And you know, in our mode right now of we're trying to we're trying to super serve our members. You know, their their finances have been hit hard. Um, their their world's been kind of turned upside down. So, what can we do to serve them and help them navigate through these waters and and find the resources and and when they do get reopened to help let the world know that they're there and they're open again, or, you know, whatever the case may be, our goal is to super serve. And, and that's always, you know, we're in a servant um, industry, you know, serving our members, but um, now it's just a chance to go above and beyond what even people expect. And so I think that quote from Zig Ziglar is even more apropos now. It's, it's always been part of me and who I am. And uh, but our our chance right now is to put that on steroids and, and do what we can to make our businesses thrive and, and succeed, hopefully and endure, but our community as well.
0: I love that. You just brought that like full circle, Super serve. It's like a superpower. I mean, all of those things. That's awesome. Um, definitely, you know, a servant leadership approach. Um, and coming down down to also us like really a united front, you know. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about being a part of the chamber. I mean, this again, this is still like new journey for me. But I so appreciate you sharing all of these amazing insights. There's so much more we probably could have gone into, but um, we're gonna we're gonna leave this episode where it is. Um, but Brett, can you please share with the listeners? how they can find you or how they can get involved about the chamber and just like, where can they go to learn more?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, the Carlsbad chamber of commerce, we're at www.carlsbad.org. <clears throat> Very simple. And, um, I'm, I'm on pretty much every social media platform. I love connecting with people. I'm on LinkedIn, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, i <laughs> Your challenge might be spelling my last name but uh if you uh, go to the carlsbadchamber.org i mean carlsbad.org excuse me and then you can find my spelling of my name and then please you know look me up connect with me on twitter and linkedin um are the my more business focused ones and facebook and instagram you're going to get a lot about my amazing uh six kids and my you know family and stuff but uh, I love connecting with people and uh you know I'm just a believe in people and, and believe in opportunity. So.
0: So awesome. And I will make sure I put all of those things into the show notes so that when you're listening, people can go to those links. Um, but you know, keeping it simple. I appreciate that. And just thank you so much for sharing so much about you and just your personal journey and what you do with the chamber. Like, um, I just, I really appreciate understanding where you've come from, but also just that current connection and what you do. Like, you're such a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Totally enjoyed it. I appreciate the opportunity to come and be a guest and uh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Definitely. And thank you to everybody that's listening. If you have an opportunity, you feel like you know somebody that might really get a benefit from listening to this, maybe they're a business owner, maybe they're just looking for some inspiration around affecting change. Please share this episode with them. Um, Subscribe to the show and with love and laughter, have a great day.